I believe in the touch of God. How about you? I do. I believe God touch you. Your life will be changed. You know, it's not in a formula. It's simply in his presence. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, I got the great opportunity to open up a week of Pentecost. We haven't done this for years. Daniel, let me use your Bible. Might as well use yours. Hallelujah. Hopefully it's a Christian one. Praise God. Have you ever noticed that when people get filled with the Holy Ghost, they get infused with an uncontainable joy, a capacity to endure, a focus that cannot be twisted or gotten off of course, an ear that only rehears faith and refuses to hear unbelief. But then as life goes on, guess what? Seems like everything settles down. And we kind of get used to who we are or what we've been through. We hear, well, you know, when you get older in the Lord, you'll get beyond that. But the problem is, is a problem that if we do not continue to fill ourselves with the Holy Ghost, then we are going to find ourselves living as mere men. And we are not men of a natural Bases, or we do not live out of the natural elements or bases, emotionalism or rationalism of ordinary men. If we did, and many times people I'm sure do, but they become easily overthrown, easily discouraged, easily put out, easily gotten off a course. Listen, friend, when you are filled with the Holy Ghost, you live like a person from another world. But when we have that leak out, when we have it displaced because of things that happen, life itself will draw on the human spirit, and it draws on the Holy Ghost also. We sometimes say, well, I've been filled with the Holy Ghost, but there are many fillings in the Scriptures, and that we don't just want to be filled one time. We want to continue to be filled. We want to stay filled. Amen? And in Acts, the fourth chapter, that's not my message tonight, but Acts, the fourth chapter, in verse 32, it says, And when the multitude of those who believed were of one heart and with one soul, neither did anyone uh, say that anything was his, he possessed of his own, but that they all had things in common. And with great power, the apostles gave witness of the power or of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, nor was there any among them who lacked, for all things were uh, possessors of land and of houses, sold them and brought them and the proceeds into the things that were sold. Then I want to go to, let's look at uh, verse 23. Is that where I'm headed here? And when they, okay, yeah, let's go to verse 27. For truly against your holy servant, Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, and with the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together to do whatsoever your hand and your purpose determined before to be done. Now the Lord, look on us, and on their threats, and grant that we may speak your word with boldness, that they that we may speak your word with boldness, but stretch forth your hand to heal, that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they spake the word of God with boldness. Now, these are certainly some of the 12 disciples or the 120 people that had been in the upper room. Peter is here. John is here. They're being refilled with the Holy Ghost. And then if you'll go to Ephesians, the fifth chapter, this is so interesting. I... I hear people all the time saying, well, you know, I'm weary and, you know, things uh, are just draining me and I just, uh, you know, I'm beside myself. 
That's because we've been living in ourself. Amen? Ephesians, the uh, fifth chapter, and let me see. And it says, be not drunk. There you go. In verse 17, let's start there. Therefore, not, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Now, the will of the Lord is not that we live out of our emotions or our own abilities. The will of the Lord is that we continually be filled with the Holy Ghost. And it says, do not be drunk with wine, which is in excess. Daniel, you have a new King James version, don't you? Is that new King James? Yeah, I figured they have something demonic about it. It just didn't feel right. And uh, uh, in which... <laughs> but be filled with the Spirit. How do we do that? Speaking yourselves, one another, in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your hearts to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting one another, ourselves one to another, in the fear of the Lord. We need to stay completely filled with the Holy Ghost. You find yourself getting off. You find yourself being drained. You find yourself being led astray. You find yourself compromising. You find yourself not as strong as you used to be. It's a good indication that it's time for you to get filled with the Holy Ghost again. It's time for you to be revisited by the Holy Ghost and to bring your capacity of God's rule in your life back up to the place that it needs to be. Amen. And it's easy to get off, but what we want to do is stay on. Amen? Now, let's go to Acts, the second chapter, and then we're going to get into tonight's message. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Acts, the second chapter. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were with all were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a mighty rushing wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there were, and there appeared unto them divided tongues as a fire as one and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled. Somebody say filled with the Holy Ghost, and they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And then please jump to verse 14. Peter's sermon, and he says this, But Peter, standing up with the eleven, raised up his voice, and he said unto them, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you, and heed my words. For these are not drunken, as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days. Somebody say, we've been in the last days since Pentecost. Yes, hallelujah. The last days says, God, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men servants and on my handmaidens, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in heavens above and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. That has to do with the day of judgment where Jesus comes back with ten thousands of his saints. It doesn't have to do with the rapture. It is the day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Shall be saved. Two thousand years ago, approximately, we understand that on the day of Pentecost, a group of believers, blood-bought, redeemed people gathered in a room expecting to be endued with power from on high. They expected that something would transition 
and change their life. That when the outpouring of the Spirit of God come, that there was a transition that took place in these people's lives. They no longer spoke as normal men. They no longer saw as normal men. They saw visions. They saw dreams. They no longer just walked as mere men, but they became people enabled, endowed, anointed by God for a supernatural life. And so tonight, Pentecost is this. It is an enablement of the Holy Ghost for the purpose of enabling believers to be witness producers of the gospel of Jesus Christ, of his virgin birth, of his sinless life, of his substitutionary work on the cross, as well as his exchange through a substitutionary work of the curse for blessings of Abraham and to verify the resurrection of Jesus Christ, thus declaring the identity of every believer in a place of authority, their citizenship now in heaven, creating an ambassador outreach to the world. So the Holy Ghost enables us to be evidence producers. That's what a witness is. A witness comes forth in a, a courtroom, and what does he do? He verifies that there is evidence that they have not seen. It may not be tangible that, at that moment, but what he declares becomes evidence that verifies certain actions that have taken place outside of the scope of somebody's understanding or their sight. And so we, as Christians, you and I, are equipped, enabled by God to be evidence producers. Could I get an amen? We are to bear evidence of what Jesus has done. We are to verify and to bear evidence of Jesus' identity as being the only begotten Son of the living God. Without the enablement and the powerment of the Holy Ghost, we simply have nothing but a good argument. And so it's he said, they said. It's an argument that really cannot come to an end unless the enablement of the Holy Ghost is on the inside of you. Now, you and I have been enabled by God for a purpose. Somebody say a purpose. That purpose is the purpose and the plan of God. So this purpose, this evidence producing, has been given to you and I to carry out. So when the Holy Ghost comes on us, we don't just remain ordinary people. We are recognized that God is with us. And it creates a respect. It creates, as it were, an intimidation of those that do not know God. In fact, one teacher said this, be cautious of what you do to these men because this may be the work of God. And if it is, you will find yourself fighting God himself. So realize that when the Holy Ghost is on our side, we have to realize that God is involved in our battles. Amen. And so we are to be evidence producers. The enablement of the Holy Ghost is given as an endowment of power, an endowment of power given to us to turn the kingdom of darkness upside down and display right to a world that does not know. Remember that they were called Christians at Antioch. These are those that have turned the world upside down. Did they do it by mere speech? Did they do it by a display of magic or deception? Absolutely not. They turned the world upside down because they had been enabled by the Holy Ghost. Amen? And the enablement of the Holy Ghost brings us to a point that you and I, please listen to me, too many of us are surrendering to things that we should be overcoming and ruling in. Too many of us just accept what the enemy throws our way because we don't want to deal with it. But realize it's not you. It's not by might, not by power. You understand that it's by the Spirit of the Lord. 
Amen. Mountains don't come down by themselves. They come down by the work of the Holy Ghost. The kingdom of darkness cannot be rent, cannot be dealt with by the mere intelligence and uh, theological stands of people's faith. It can only be overturned by the power of the Holy Ghost. Could I get an amen? So we have been endowed, endowed with a power that we can flip the kingdom of God upon its head and we can show the work of Christ to a lost and dying world. We do not have to be afraid. Amen. We don't have to be intimidated. The Bible said that when they got filled with the Holy Ghost, they spake the word of God with boldness. Do you remember how bold you used to be? Do you remember how bold you were when people challenged your faith? How bold you were when the devil said it wouldn't work? How bold you were when circumstances resisted your faith? How bold you were when you had made a statement of faith? How bold you were when you had sowed a seed of faith? Remember how bold you were when you had been first filled with the Holy Ghost. Listen, when you get filled with the Holy Ghost, intimidation does not drive you back. We don't draw back. We don't bow. We don't surrender. We don't give up. We don't bow. We don't bend, and we are not going to burn. What we have to realize is that we are not common individuals. We are the people who have been endued with God from on high. Hallelujah. Amen. We are not a common people. Amen. But we have been endued with power from on high. We don't have to fear Satan. Now, I understand we all have a history of where the devil has beat us up. But when you get empowered, filled with the Holy Ghost, when you have confidence in him that what he did, he will always do, we need not be fearful, intimidated by the devil. Because when a believer is filled with the Holy Ghost, guess what? The devil is no match for those that have been anointed and empowered with God's Spirit. Could I get an amen? Remember that God sent Jesus into a world of darkness that lied in sin, that was governed by a prince of the power of the air, by the God of this world, and he came anointed with power and with the Holy Ghost, and he went about doing what? Destroying the works of the devil, flipping the kingdom upside down, and declaring God's goodness to mankind. We have nothing to be fearful of. But you don't understand. No, I do understand. I know this, that if God is for us, nobody can be against us. I know this, that if the Holy Ghost has anointed us, then there is no yoke, there is no burden that cannot be removed and cannot be destroyed. Come on, we are not a segment of people that live just under religious covering. We are a segment of people that have received the infusion of the Holy Ghost and that same Holy Ghost that raised Jesus from the dead, he dwells in our mortal body right now. Come on, shout hallelujah. Realize that when Peter went up to the gate and John, the man that was crippled from birth, he looked up on him. But Peter said, look, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, I give I thee. And without reservation, without waiting, without wondering, Peter reaches down and lays hold of the man, and the man leaps to his feet and begins to praise God and enters into the temple leaping and praising God. Why? Because Peter and John had been filled with the Holy Ghost. They were fresh out of an encounter where they had been touched with God. They understood that they were no longer mere men. They had a boldness about them. It would deal with tribulation. It would deal with affliction. It would deal with persecution. It would deal with rejection. And it would deal with the work of the kingdom of darkness. They flipped that man's world upside down. And Peter says, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I unto thee in the name of Jesus Christ. So we have to understand that they went in. And do you know the power of the Holy Ghost? This is so such an amazing thing to me. The power of the Holy Ghost is one of the only things that can break the power 
a religion that keeps people bound even outside of its own doors. I remember we was preaching in a, a yeah, uh, over there in Kenya. And uh, they were, it was when the wars were in Kenya, they were killing people. Families were killing, Makuru, thank you. They were killing uh, families. I mean, husbands were killing wives. Their uh, mothers and fathers were killing their children because you say, oh, well, why did they do that? Because of racism, tribe against tribe. You think it's just black and white. You think it's just Hispanic and black. You think it's just Japan, Japanese against America. No, it has to do with the tainted, perverted heart of every man that does not know Jesus Christ. There were thousands of people. There were over 100,000 people uprooted and had to be moved out of that area. Well, just so happened that we came into that area and we preached for three or four days. We had a crusade. We had a, over 100,000 people. In one night, we had over 2,500 brand new men and women called into the ministry. We gave them as many bullhorns as we possibly could. They're still preaching with them today. They come to the crusade and say, I'm still preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ with this bullhorn that you gave me that day. Uh, when I received Jesus Christ and became called into the ministry. Well, the vice president was down the road. He had about 8,000. We had 100,000. And so when we got there, the, pre the vice president of Kenya called me one day and talked to me personally. The next day he called and addressed the pastors, which were about 5,000 pastors. We had 2,500 new pastors. Well, there was a man there and said, you know, I came to that uh, crusade and I was a typical traditional African pastor. We worship the God of the mountains. And he said, but I came there that night and I beheld what Jesus did. The blind saw, the cripples walked. I seen the gospel in action. I seen the living Jesus. He said, I went back to my church and I told my church, we no longer have a church because I no longer believe in the God of the mountains, but I believe in the God that sent his son, Jesus Christ, and I believe in the power of his resurrection, and I've given my life to Jesus. And as he told me that story, he said, tomorrow, as I return to my church, tomorrow I will have 1,000 brand new converted Christians in my church in worship and I would be teaching them the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what the enablement of the Holy Ghost can. It is not in theory. It is not in principle. It's just not even in a good purpose and a good plan. You may have good plans, but let me tell you something. If you can convince people by men in tights, if you can convince people by giving them free Kool-Aid, if you can convince people by filling their bellies with overdone hot dogs, then have at it. But I'll tell you what, that is not the gospel and that is not the conversion of the power of the Holy Ghost. But when men and women see men and women anointed and endowed with power from on high, they see something that they can cannot deny and that endowment of faith is what Paul used when he did not come with intelligent words of man's wisdom to preach the gospel but I came to you with the endowment of power and with the Holy Ghost and with signs and wonders that your faith would not be in men would not be in a church would not be in a denomination would not be in tradition but it would be in the only living God that sent his only begotten son and your faith is in him hallelujah we need to have people that have faith in God and not in man come on shout hallelujah too many of us think that we want our people to look at you listen look at us look beyond me because you don't even want what I got unless it is what God has given me because behind what God has done in the endowment that he has placed upon me is nothing but a loser. Come on, shout hallelujah. So we got to realize that God enters into this traditional church and he makes havoc of it. And he preaches the gospel in there and guess what? Five 
thousand men get saved out of a traditional world and a religious order. Five thousand. You can't beat those numbers. Understand, you can't beat those numbers. But it is only because we have been endowed with the Holy Ghost. Amen? And we need to push. We need to press in. We need to go beyond our comfort zone. And we need to start living in the endowment of the Holy Ghost. Could I get an amen? And so we have to understand that the endowment of the Holy Ghost reveals who Jesus is as much as who Jesus is in us as much as it revealed who the Father was in Jesus. Anybody can say, well, I'm a Christian. Well, that, that's great. All you got to do is show me evidence. Just show me evidence. Just have at it. Just do one. I don't, I don't need a big list. Just need one. But when Jesus come, he said, look, don't just believe what I say. You can question that. But believe the works that I do because it is not I, but the spirit of my father in me that identifies and verifies who I am. If the church will live in the endowment of the power of the Holy Ghost, there will be no question which way is the right way. There'll be no question which is the true gospel. There'll be no question who is the real Savior. There'll be no question what true religion and surrender to God is. But as the church shuns and draws back, it will always be up in the air. The church needs to have an Elijah spirit. You call on your God. When you're done, let me know, and I'll call on mine. Come on, the world needs to see an Elijah generation. Could I get an amen? They need to have an encounter with the living Christ. The only way that we're going to have an encounter with the living Christ is for us to be filled with the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Remember, Jesus declared into us that it's the Father that works in me. When we declare that, look, it is the Holy Ghost that is at work in me, understand that the Holy Ghost will glorify Christ. The enablement of the Holy Ghost is given to us to destroy and to lay waste to all spiritual blindness, unbelief, hard-heartedness, rebellion, and yokes that cause people even to resist God. Remember what they pray, God, behold their threatenings. God, they're resisting their hope. They're resisting your plan. They're resisting your purpose. He said, God, they need to see. Right after that, 5,000 of those spiritually blind, those bound by yokes, those traditionally dead people came up out of the tombs of death and embraced the living Christ. Only that can change spiritual blindness. Well, we're going to pray. I understand prayer has its place. But it is not the place of the pattern that the scripture lays out for us. It plays its part. But prayer cannot replace the endowment and the enablement of the indwelling Holy Ghost in a believer's life. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So you and I need to realize that in the world that we live in that is filled with so much religion and I mean crippling religion I mean religion that blinds people causes them to hate the very thread and essence of the blood of Christ we need to demonstrate the power of the Holy Ghost more now today than ever and so we need to 
be emboldened by the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost enables you and I to destroy the devil's kingdom and his work over people's lives and to do good and to heal everything that he has oppressed. Everything that he has oppressed. Remember, Jesus came anointed with power and with the Holy Ghost. He had a purpose, going about doing good and healing all those that are oppressed. Sometimes I walk by people in, in places and uh, I'll, I'll just start crying and Quentin Lincoln say, well, what's going on, Papa? I say, that is the reason that we fast. That is the reason that we pray. That is the reason that we refuse to give up. That is the reason. Do you see that child bound? I said, if you can walk across that child's path and not be moved, then you have to reach out and grab something that you do not yet have. The church has become dull. The Bible says that whosoever sins you remit, they can be remitted. That doesn't just it doesn't mean forgive. What it means to is to release from the punishment of their transgression. And when people sin, they become bound to the servitude of that sin. And sickness and disease. See if it's anybody important there, Lord. And what will happen is if we don't set them free, they'll never ever have enough faith to call upon Jesus. Because they'll see no change. And there's no change. There is just an ongoing hopelessness in their situation. We need to be enabled by the Holy Ghost, which we are when we got filled, but we need to move into that enablement and demonstrate it. Could it get an amen? The Holy Ghost enables us to do the works that Jesus did and greater. Well, what are the greater ones? I don't know. I'm just presuming they happen. I'm not into nitpick, and I, I, it doesn't matter. I don't care if they're in volume. I don't care if they're in time. I, I don't care. But I'm just telling you this, that when we get enabled and endued with power from on high, when the Holy Ghost comes on the inside of us and fills us, then you and I have been endowed with a power that we can do the works that Jesus did. No question, no doubt. No religious theology, no watering down. We can do what God said we can do. Come on, hallelujah. We need to be endowed with power. We need to be bold about it. We need to be bold about it. Hallelujah. Where's Eric? Eric, are you here? Where, where were we when, when uh, we, uh, I told the story this morning when when I caught all those blind people up, they just lined up and, and all the deaf on one side. We're in Mexico City. Mexico City, the place was packed. And I preached. It was a lousy message. I just didn't know what to preach. So I just preached that Jesus was still Jesus. And you know what? The devil said, well, ain't nothing going to happen tonight. So I just said, well... I'll go down in a big way if I go down. Bring all the blind. Bring all the deaf. You know, God opened up every blind eye and God opened up every deaf ear. You say, well, did you feel anything? Yeah, I felt that I could be intimidated if I didn't do something extraordinary. If I didn't jump in the fire, nobody was going to see anything. So I just said, I'm going for the gusto. God's with me. The Holy Ghost has filled me. He didn't go anywhere. He doesn't have to push any emotional buttons with me. I know where he's at. So Holy Ghost, we're going to glorify Jesus. I remember when Carol and Charlie was with us in, that, in Mexico City, we had 82 or 85 deaf, dumb, mutes. They were all mixed in there. I said, bring the deaf and the dumb. Come. Here come 85 people. Every one of those 85 people heard and spoke. I'm telling you, don't be afraid. Don't be intimidated. Well, well, I just, well, what? Get started. 
Well, what if it don't work? I prayed for five dead people. The first four are still dead. And in between that was a dog. But I did pray for one that died in the church, and she's still alive. After 25 minutes, she rose from the dead, and she's still alive. And Mary Lee told me to tell you this. Tell them I didn't die. I just got married and moved. Don't tell me that you give up. Don't you give up. I've crawled on top of hospital beds. I've crawled up on, on a stainless steel uh, platforms to pray for people. I've done everything I've known to do, but I never gave up because Jesus told me when that endowment and that empowerment of the Holy Ghost came and I was filled and he gave me an evidential language that I know that behind that evidential language of speaking in tongues, there are eight other gifts waiting to declare who Jesus Christ is and who I am I refuse to give up, and if I ever wonder where the Holy Ghost is, all I got to do is... It is the locator of where he is living, right in me. Hallelujah. Praise God. Paul used the Holy Ghost and his endowments to go beyond the intellectualism of conversation and preaching. In fact, Paul said this. He said from Iconium, and he mentioned Lystra, and he mentions all of these cities in Romans 15, 19. I have fully preached the gospel with signs and wonders following. You know, the gospel is incomplete without the voice and the demonstration of the Holy Ghost. It's incomplete. It is but a story that is waiting to be challenged. We don't have to accept the challenge of verbiage from anybody because we are evidence producers. Come on, hallelujah, we are evidence producers. And so we need to realize that when we have been anointed, when we have been filled, endowed with the power of the Holy Ghost on our life, that you and I are no longer to be considered as normal. Our identity has changed. Amen. We have changed our identity. The Holy Ghost will give you a word in the midst of a hopeless ship. He'll give you a word in the middle of a storm, in the middle of a hopeless situation. All you got to do is hold on to it. Don't cast it away. Let the process fulfill itself if the Holy Ghost spoke it then you just drive your feet as deep into the sand and the mud and the mire as you possibly can and you stand and having done everything to stand you still stand the Holy Ghost will show you what to look for go into the city and you'll see a man with a pot on the top of his head Follow him and then ask him one thing. The Holy Ghost will put a word in your mouth when you face an impossible need. Ask him where is the room that you have prepared for the master. And he showed him. He'll give you a word that will cause men to do things for you in a favorable way. Go and you're going to find a young donkey. Untie him. And just bring him to me. If anybody says anything, just say, the Lord hath need of him. You know, listen, God will infuse you in with wisdom and counsel that will direct you who to join yourself with. He'll give you a word to speak in due season. He'll give you a word that in the midst of a circumstance where brothers and sisters and people around you are falling apart, they're so confused, they're disoriented, the Bible says that God will give you a word that will comfort, edify, and exhort. In other words, God will begin to speak through you by the power and the endowment of the Holy Ghost, and it's no longer your words, it is the word of God. Come on, and it'll refresh faith, it'll repair faith, it'll resurrect faith, it'll rescue faith, it'll enlarge faith. 
See, we are not ordinary people. When we get endowed with the Holy Ghost, hallelujah, we are different. And there's something different about us. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. A word for your ship to be turned around. The Holy Ghost enablement empowers you to speak languages that you may not understand. I was in Herkimer, New York, and Angela's mother said, would you pray for Frank? Is it who? Dan. Would you pray for Dan? He's going through something. So I went over to Dan. I laid hands on him, and I started speaking in tongues. After the service, Eric's mother-in-law came up and said, I didn't know pastor spoke Italian. He said, you heard him speak English? He, he, he can't speak Italian. And lo and behold, she said, well, he'd just be praying for him, and all of a sudden, he'd just start speaking. Dan, you're my son. You're my disciple. I'm for you, and you've done many things for me. I just go back and praying in tongues again, and pretty soon God would break in and start talking to Dan again. Well, how can a whole dunk kid from Botkins do that? You remember when I, I was up here one day and I started speaking in tongues and Dr. Obalu come up and said, Pastor, you spoke in my dialect of my homeland. And the lady over there that prophesied, that interpreted, she interpreted almost verbatim. Now, see, I might not be, in, might not be uh, fluent in English, but I'll tell you what. I am without thought in Nigerian and Italian. And I'm telling you, the day is coming when I'm going to quit paying interpreters. Now, I have been preaching to catch an interpreter. I said, you know what? You better tell them what I said. You're going to be without a job tomorrow night. Absolutely. I'm telling you, God will tell you stuff. Amen? And we live in such a a mini, a mini religious world so stripped of power and endowment that we never rise to be anything other than what people tell us we can be. Thank God that I had a pastor that said, be who God called you to be. He said, go and if you make a mistake, I'll tell you. So he told me lots of things. But I never gave up. But you think about people and you think about Samson. He was just an ordinary man. Oh, but he had long hair. He, yeah, he was. He had long hair. And I, I just seen him in a movie the other night with Delilah. He wasn't that good looking. He had long hair. He was a hippie. I don't know if he smoked grass. I know they, they tried to tie his hands with it. And... Uh, he was just an ordinary man. But the Spirit of the Lord would come up on him. A lion one time stood in his path and it says that he ripped the lion apart like a strong man would a child goat or a young goat. Now, I don't know how much strength it takes to kill a young goat. Philip is going to demonstrate that next Sunday at his church. But I don't know, but I'm presuming that it could be done. But when the Holy Ghost came on him, that lion was no match. Amen. 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 And when the Holy Ghost is on you and endows you with power, guess what? That roaring lion that keeps coming around your house is no match for you. What he doesn't want to do is tangle with you because it's not just you. It's you and the Lord. Amen. And then the Bible says that there were a thousand soldiers came out against Samson. These are not pygmy soldiers. These are Philistine soldiers, trained, hardened, war-worn, skilled in battle, coming up against a man that has no record of carrying any type of weapons except his hands. A thousand of them came up. And when he comes out and the Spirit of the Lord comes up on him, for some unknown reason, he looks down and sees the jawbone of an ass, and for some reason he thinks, this will do it. I'm thinking, 
okay? He picks up the jawbone of this ass and he kills a thousand war-trained soldiers filled with hate and animosity. And he kills a thousand of them. And then he tells another story that the Spirit of the Lord comes up and sends him, and he catches 300 foxes. Oh, well, he had traps. No, it said he caught them. You thought Elijah outran that chariot? This guy outran those foxes. And he caught those foxes, 300 of them. In other words, that's 300 100-yard dashes. And he catches them and ties their tails together, then puts a torch in between them and lights the torch and sends them to the fields of the Philistines. Now, I'll tell you what, that guy was fast, that guy was strong, that guy was invincible because the Holy Ghost came upon him. And when the Holy Ghost is with you, praise God, there's nothing impossible. Remember, God tells Gideon, Gideon is of the, uh, of, of the uh, Israelites. He is of the poorest of the poor of the poor of the Israelites, as goes every Christian story that nobody's as poor as you. But the Bible says that they disobeyed God. And the Midianites would come down every year when the harvest was ready, and they would come in, and they would take all the harvest. One translation says they just laid waste to their fields so that Israel had no substance. Well, Gideon had went around the corners or someplace, and he was behind a wine press. And he was separating the chaff from the wheat, probably to get it down as small increments as he could to be able to get it home without one of the Midianite invaders seeing him. He's there, and the angel of God comes to him and said, Gideon, thou mighty man of valor. He said, are you kidding me? If God's with me, why is all this happening? The angel doesn't even pay attention on the wise, all he does is this. He says, Gideon, the Lord is with you. Now you go in the power of that might. In other words, count yourself invincible, unconquerable, unstoppable because God is with you. The Holy Ghost is in us. He is with us. All you got to do to check his address it just start talking in tongues. That's all you got to do. It'll tell you where he lives. Amen. Amen. The Bible says that God said, if you'll go in this, you will smite the nation of the Midianites as one man. In other words, God was saying, I'll become you and you'll become me because I'm with you. Joshua said it and Caleb said it. If the Lord be with us, we can take them. But let us not draw back. Let us not wonder. Let us not give waste of time. Let us do it now. They went up. They conquered. You and I as believers are endowed with the Holy Ghost. How much more of God do you want? You're filled. How much, oh, I, I remember. We need emotional feelings to confirm the spiritual feeling. No, we don't. You have been filled with the Holy Ghost. There's nothing more that God can do. He gave you the spirit that he destroyed darkness with in Genesis 1.1. He gave you the spirit that he set order into lives in Genesis 1.1. He gave you the spirit that set the world free from the rule of a dominating devil and gave life to a planet. What more do you want? It is the spirit that has fell upon the prophets for ages and ages, and they have become men of great valor and filled the hallways of the heroes of faith. What more do you want? 
What more could God do for you than to enable you, anoint you, and then fill you with the Holy Ghost? What more do you want? Well, I need a sign. Let's lift our hands up towards heaven. Come on, lift them up. Come on, just start praying in the Holy Ghost. Whoop. There you go. Isaiah 28 said, that's the sign. Hallelujah. That's the sign. Now you don't need a sign. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, well I, I need a feeling. Turn up the air conditioner, David. Hallelujah. No, we don't need that. We don't need that. The Holy Ghost is in us. Now let's go and do the works that God wants us to do. Amen. Praise God. Let's lift our hands up towards heaven. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Holy Ghost, we ask you to behold the threatenings, the false declarations of an innocent God, the false judgments against a God of love and mercy. Accusations that declare he is guilty for every problem, but he is a God without fault. Behold what the world says, and I asked you tonight, as I've asked a thousand times before, to stretch forth your hand and to do signs and wonders in our lives and fill us afresh with the Holy Ghost. Renew our boldness and our passion. Let us not become shackled by past experiences, thinking one time it did, one time it happened, and I was there and God did this. And No, no, let God be a God of now, a God of miracles. Holy Ghost, loose your voice to speak loud and clearly of the identity of Jesus, the identity of us purchased by his blood, and the identity of God to a world. Holy Ghost, speak clearly. Holy Ghost, speak loudly. Holy Ghost, speak deeply to people's lives. Holy Ghost, as Isaiah said, here am I. Here are these people. Send us. We are not imprisoned by doubt. We will not be detoured by doubt. We will not be delayed by fear. We will not need to feed on emotional stimulation. For it is by faith and not by any other evidence. If the Lord hath said it, then it'll come to pass. Hallelujah, 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 Jesus, hallelujah, 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 Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Uh, was there somebody in a car accident and, and when you were in that accident, now I'm, it, I, I don't know that it happened just uh, a week or two weeks ago, but this happened. You were in an accident and in that accident, your side or your right here in your back was pierced. I don't know if it was cut, I don't know a piece of metal, I don't know what it was, but you were pierced by that. Now that's been a while back, but God was to bring a total healing to that, a total healing to that in Jesus' name. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand. Who was it? Who was it? Whoever that is, raise your hand. 
I need to see you. Whoever was in that accident, you got hit in this side and you were injured right, right here in your, in your back. And who is that? Is, is that you, man? All right, stand to your feet. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, oh God, right now, I loose the working of miracles. I loose, God, right now, the working of miracles into this area. In the name of Jesus Christ, restore everything, God, right now, in Jesus' name. And I thank you for it, Father. Amen and amen. Now, did you have any pain that went along with that? You did. Move yourself. Check yourself. Rick Hitter. See if she has any pain. No, yeah, just move yourself. Tell me if you had any pain there. No more pain. Now, come on, folks. I'm telling you, God knows right where we are, and God knows what we're doing. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And uh, Calvin, what do you do for a living financial advisor? All right. Hallelujah. And... Uh, getting this number a thousand and I, it looks to me like it was a thousand dollars I don't know if it was an investment that you made but it seemed like that thousand dollars just transitioned out of your hand and I'm telling you right now that that thousand dollars is coming back to you that thousand dollars is coming back to you Calvin and it's coming back in an interest and an increase, saith the Lord. And God would say to you that he has surrounded you and that the thief will not continue to harass you and to steal from you, but that I have a plan for your life and I will protect you. And if you will give me your ear, I will give you a future. And if you will adhere to what I say, and stay in the path of righteousness, I will show you what a righteous God desires to do. Calvin, God is going to bring some way a thousand dollars is coming back to you. Now, I don't know what that is, but it seems to me like it, it's written out of a, a black checkbook. And I don't know if that's in your account, I don't know if it's in your business account, but God is bringing that thousand dollars back to you, Calvin. Just mark it within 14 days. Now, you know Rick, all right? You tell Rick, if it don't happen in 14 days, Rick will give you $1,000. It will happen in 14 days. Hallelujah. Come on, lift your hands up towards heaven. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is a good God, and we are endowed with power on high. Amen? Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. And uh, how long ago did you get saved? Huh? Several years ago. How's come the last six months? You have been in like a swimming decision. Are you struggling that you just need to have a root of faith in you? The last six months that has been a stronghold in you and you've been wrestling with it. You want to do right sometimes. It's just not found in you to have the faith to do it. I'm going to tell you something. God is going to visit you. Whether it's in a dream or a vision, God is going to visit you. And he's going to speak to you. The Bible says he speaks yea once, twice in a day. But because of the busyness of man, we don't hear it. But God will come and speak to us in night visions. It'll be the voice of the Lord. Job 33, verse 14 down through 17. And God's going to speak to you. And I'm telling you that because you are going to have to take and you're going to have to dig a well. You're going to have to dig your own well. You can't live off somebody else's water. You can't live off a bottle of water. There's just not enough of it. It's just too expensive. But if you will dig your own well as Isaac dug his wells, you'll have a well that will feed and touch your generations. This is going to be up to you. This is where you're going to dig for yourself and you're going to discover. The Bible says, they that know their God shall do great exploits. You don't need to hear about God. You need to discover your God, what you believe and what you know. That's what you need to do. 
Do you have any children? You are married? Oh, you are. Well, you better not have no children. Is she your girlfriend? Is she your fiance? Is she going to be? You want to do it now? No, I'm kidding. I'm, I'm kidding you. Praise God. Hallelujah. You know the shackles of tradition are going to fall off you because they're just too limiting. They're too binding. And they just keep the reality of Jesus out of our heart. We have all these do's and do's and don'ts. And it's not that we should do certain things and we shouldn't do certain things. Absolutely, that is true. But that's not a relationship. And God's going to break those shackles off of you. Your eyes are just going to be enlightened. And you're going to come out. I've been in tradition. I know what it is. And I'm telling you what, it'll kill you if you stay there. But the reason that you're here right now is telling me that God is calling you and God is stirring you and God is beckoning you to come up. He's at the door knocking. Just open it. Follow his direction for your life. You're going to discover God in a great way that you have never known him. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you. Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. How you doing again, man? I'm doing great. Do you work out? Train like a beast. I do. I train like a lion every night. I lay down and uh, I tell my wife, get me food. Hallelujah. So I'm training. Hallelujah. Praise God. How's your job going? Pretty good. Up and down. Up and down. Well, listen to the wind because there is going to come a sound of another job. And though you think, how can I do this? How do that? job is going to come to you and you're going to hear of it don't worry about the qualifications don't worry about the list don't worry about what they're asking you to have or to do you just go and let the favor of God go before you and you're going to land a job that you are simply not qualified to have but God's going to give you favor and you're going to enter into a time of stability and that stability is going to help you recover yourself from these up and downs. You watch God do something great for you. Now this is refreshing your faith. This is encouraging it. And it's mending it. Now you watch what God does. Because it's going to be a testimony that God has not forgotten you. You're not on your own. God is on your side. You watch and behold the work of the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on somebody. Shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now. Here's a hallelujah. Hmm. Let's just stand our feet. Hallelujah. You think after I preach that message, I'd just be doing everything, but you're going to go and you're going to do things. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Let's just lift our hands up towards heaven just for a moment. Father, we thank you, God, that you have visited us and God I believe that you have filled us afresh God let boldness and just a reassurance of joy God rise up out of our spirit that God we're not going to bow we're not going to back up we're not going to bend we're not going to be intimidated God but we'll go through the fire we're not going to be burned we'll come through the water God and we'll not drown now Father I thank you for the enablement that you have given each and every one of us. They are evidence producers. Evidence producers. Undeniable evidence producers that will witness of the work of Christ in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise God. I'm going to receive an offering. Hallelujah. If you need a tithing offering envelope, raise your hand up real high. And uh, I tried to think. I asked God, God, do I know somebody needs a car or a truck? What, what can I give it for? And so I'm just going to give it to the church. Hallelujah. You say, well, you taking an offering? Well, everybody else this week's getting one. Hallelujah. But I'm just going to sow mine to the church. Hallelujah. Praise God forever. Make your checks payable to Only Believe Ministries Christian Center. Jesus. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hmm. Hallelujah. Praise God. Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask you to bless this seed. Multiply it, God, back to the giver. God, you said that you would provide bread for their daily life. You would increase that seed that is sown. God, you are so faithful, you never fail. The word, God, is absolute, and so is its outcome. And God, you said that as we sow the entirety of the process, you, God, would increase the fruits of our righteousness. Now, God, we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.